Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are finishing off our punt mini-series, talking about the punt strategies, these strategies that I don't like. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Make sure you guys are, are following me over there. I drop a lot, of, a lot of good fantasy value, especially once we get in the season when things are coming out hot and fast and, and it's a bit quicker for me to send out a tweet than it is for me to set up a whole podcast and edit it and put up a video and, and things like that. So make sure you are following me, especially over on Twitter there where I drop my my uh, real-time takes and reactions. But we are going to be talking, this is going to be the third and final um, podcast in this little mini-series talking about punting and punting strategies. Today, we're talking about um, punt strategies that I don't like, the ones that, um, you know, I'm just not a big fan of. I've got a few reasons as to why I don't like them, why I don't think they work, Um you might disagree. Um, you might think that some of these ones you can do and, and there's good value in them. But uh, And I'd love to hear that in the comments. Comment them down below. But uh, for me, I'm just I'm just avoiding these guys. There's, there's not as many. Uh, I think you can punt most things. Um, so I'm a big big believer in, in finding a way. But I think these ones are tough. And at the end, I've got one that I'm, I'm on the fence about. Um, you might already have a good guess about what that is based on if you've watched the previous... Uh, videos or listen to the previous podcast, what that one might be. And if you haven't already, please go and check them out. But uh, let's get stuck into it. We're going to start with um, steals, punting steals. I find this a really challenging one because steals are something that everybody everybody does. Everybody gets steals. Um, and it's also spread out in fantasy drafts uh, throughout the whole draft. You know, you could get a a good steals player early in the draft. You can get a good steals player later in the draft. It's not necessarily like, say, for example, points um, or high free throw percentage volume. That is really hard to get um, later in the draft. You You just can't find it. You can't get... You can get guys who are good free throw shooters, but they don't get to the line enough. To, for it to impact or save um, someone who's a bad free throw shooter early in the draft. Everyone scores, but you can't get someone who scores 20 points a night off the waiver wire. It's just it's just not doable. You might be able to get someone who scores 10 or 12 or maybe even 15, but when you compare it to the elite guys in that category, it's, it's, it's just not close. Um, so those categories, you can definitely find 
only really early in the draft. And for that reason, if you punt them, you can get a lot of value because everyone else is trying to trying to sort those guys out. If you're punting steals, then you're not really putting yourself in any particular advantage, especially early in drafts, because um, some of the best players don't get steals, and and you can get those steals later when the the best players are off the draft. You you might be able to to get a Matisse Thibault, um, and and get two steals a game. You know, that's something that you can... And, and that's one of the best players in the category. And you can get him 150, like the last... Off your waiver wire. Um, and he can be a streamer for that category. And I'd, I'd much rather do that than just forego the category altogether. Um, just because... Yeah, it's just it's just something that doesn't correlate with anything else is the other, the other thing I'll say. Like, bigs get steals. Wings get steals. Guards get steals. Um, so like those other ones that we were talking before about pairing, so like a field goal percentage and a blocks or a free throw percentage and threes, you could say maybe assists and steals maybe um, pair nicely together, but even that, it's not it's not 100% accurate because there are a lot of guys, Robert Covington is a good example, who, you know, he, he gets a lot of steals, but he doesn't give you um, good assists. So it's something that doesn't doesn't fit nicely with a lot of these other guys. So... Um, it's something that I don't really like to punt. Um, a good example of some guys, however, at the start of the draft that you might be tempted to punt steals in, a uh, player like Carl anthony Towns, a player like uh, Joel Embiid, um, someone like a Jason Tatum. All these guys, you know, yes, some of them are giving you like a steal a game, but they're not elite in that category. Um, Kevin Durant is another one who doesn't give you quite a steal a game. I wouldn't necessarily lock myself into punting that category because, like you said, you could find that much later in the draft. And it's and even even the fact that they, that is their worst category, for a lot of them, it's not a huge negative. It's only maybe just slightly below par um, that, you know... You can easily make up on it. There's, there's not like we said before in those free throws and field goal percentage categories. There's huge swings either way. There's usually not massive swings in steals. Um, there's usually only the guys that are really, really good, and then the guys who are just like, eh, whatever. Um, so there's less of an advantage to gaining by punting uh, steals, in my opinion. So that's that's one of the ones that I, I don't really like, and for that reason, um. I almost value it more because a lot of the categories, a lot of the punting strategies, especially if you're doing multi-category punts, steals is often the deciding factor. If you've got two teams, one team's a punt free throw percentage and punt threes build, one's a punt field goal percentage and a punt blocks build, you know, uh, both teams are going to be competing in points and they're both going to be competing in steals, right? This team, the field goal percentage team, is probably going to win threes. They're probably going to win um, free throw percentage. They're probably going to win assists. They're probably going to win, you know, maybe they might be a little bit more competitive in points, but steals is going to be the deciding factor. This team might win in rebounds, blocks, field goal percentage, and turnovers. But again, steals is going to be the factor. So it is something that um, if a player doesn't provide me a lot of steals, I I do take a a good note of it, especially when... um, I'm aware that is a category that often defines or decides matchups in head-to-head leagues. So, not a big fan of punting steals. The next one here um, that I've got that I don't like punting is rebounds. Similar to steals, everyone 
rebounds. Everyone in the NBA rebounds. Now, obviously, you've got players who rebound 14, 15 rebounds a game, and then you've got rebound guys who rebounds two or three times per game. And obviously, there's a decent difference in that. But again, if you look at the the big swings in value, it, it's usually not found in rebounds. Um, so in the first, let's look at the first two rounds of, of drafts last year or the rankings from last year. The only real guys that are that are decent negatives are players like Trey Young. And then the next guy might be Tyrese Halliburton. That's really it. Like even... Even a Fred Van Vliet gives you nearly four rebounds per game. You know, Chris Paul nearly gives you, he gives you four and a half rebounds per game. Sorry, Fred Van Vliet gives you four and a half rebounds per game. So nearly five rebounds per game. That's still decent, right? And you can recover that if you get a good rebounder on round two and three. And um, maybe less so than steals, but you can find rebounds a little bit further down the draft than some of those other categories like your free throw percentage and points. It is something that, you know, it, 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 later in the draft, you could get someone like... A Mitchell Robinson, or you could get someone like a Clint Capella. Uh, obviously, they have their issues, but it is something that you definitely can uh, make up with. And and you can even find those kind of things on the waiver wire. Like, I think Tristan Thompson was always the guy that you'd, oh, yep, let's go stream some rebounds. Let's get nine rebounds per game. He won't do anything else, but like, shit, I can, I can sort my rebounds out if that's going to be a close matchup for me this week. So, um, yeah, rebounds, it's 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 hard. It sometimes I'll throw it in there if it's if I'm going with a very very hard punt, I'm doing like four categories. Um and, and it's field goal percentage, it's blocks, it's turnovers. Rebounds will kind of be like that fourth one that I'll throw in there, but maybe like I said before, it's a bit of a soft punt. It's a it's a fifty percent weighting. Um because especially if there's another team out there doing something kind of similar to me. Um, I'll take into account rebounds a little bit more so. That's the only kind of time where I will just completely ignore it and and then go with that punt bigs kind of build. Um, but even then, you've got to try and get... You, you need a center, right? You need some power forwards. So um, it, it can't hurt to, to have a look at getting a little bit of rebounds out of those positions um, just to make sure that you can beat those other teams that might also be doing something similar uh, as well. So... Those are those are probably just the main two categories that I'm that I'm really not a big fan of, and I, I don't often punt those categories uh, at all. This next one, um, I'm on the fence about, and and it's a good conversation, it's a good um, discussion that you guys can have in the comments below. Um, again, make sure you give the video a thumbs up, five star on you, on, on Apple Podcasts, but assists. Now, I've seen a lot of people in the past say that assists is one of the best things to punt, and I can see the argument, right? I can see the argument. Assists are something that's very hard. It dries up very quickly. Like we were talking about before with points and free throw percentage, assists are hard to get. Um, A little bit easier than those ones. A little bit easier. There are guys late in drafts that can get you good assists. Giddy uh, is a good example. D'Angelo Russell. Uh, Kyle Lowry might get you some good assists and, and be available later in drafts. Some of the um, the guns, you know, maybe someone like a Jaden Ivey this year, uh, although maybe not be a huge assist guy, but you get the point. It is something that you can find a little bit of on the waiver wire. You can stream it, kind of. Um, it's a bit easier to stream that than than a free throw percentage boost. A free throw percentage is so hard to, to, to change once your team is uh, past round four or five. Um but I think it. So there is a little bit of validity to that argument, but there also it, I, I'm, I push back on it a little bit. 
the other point that often people make is that um, early in the draft, a lot of the elite guards will go. Um, Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, James Harden, Trey Young, uh, Fred Van Vliet, LaMelo Ball, Luka Doncic, um, Tyrese Halliburton, um, someone like a Darius Garland, Shea Gilders, Alex, all these guys are gone in the first basically two rounds of the draft. Okay? So you could say you don't get someone like, um, say you draft first off with someone like uh, an Embiid or someone like, maybe Kyle Dintowns isn't the best example, but but someone who doesn't give you an elite amount of assists, it, it does kind of make sense to go with a punt assist strategy. But like I said before, there are ways to make up that category later, but it's a bit of a balancing act. It, I guess it depends on are you better off punting assists or, or perhaps are you better off um, punting something like uh, points, for example. And, and then you can get someone like a Chris Paul in the third round who gives you 10 assists, but everyone's avoiding him because he's old and he doesn't score more than 14 points a game. You know, maybe you might be better off to do the points route than, than the assist route because... Um, Whilst we said assists are hard to find, well, points are even harder. So, to me, it just there often are just better ones that than the assists for me. And the other thing that I will say is that because when you punt assists, you naturally get good at turnovers. Again, we discussed yesterday in the podcast or, or the last podcast um, that turnovers aren't necessarily an indicative of a player's value, in my opinion. I usually, even if I am punting assists, I will put turnovers to fifty percent weighting because. It just doesn't. It doesn't give me the best idea of how to value a player because I could get someone who's averaging twelve minutes a game and he's going to have low ass turnovers, um, and that's going to be a big boost to his value versus someone who's actually out there getting more stats, getting more steals, rebounds, blocks, but he might be turning the ball over a bit more. Um, to me, it's still worth giving that weighting of the assists at fifty percent, even though I'm. Oh, sorry, of turnovers 50%, even if I'm punting assists. I'll naturally be good in that category, um, but for me, it's kind of just like a one-for-one trade. So you're not really you're not really gaining anything by by being an assist because I don't value those turnovers as, as highly. Um, whereas, you know, if, you, if you're punting threes, your field goal percentage will, will come up. If you're punting um, field goal percentage, your threes might come up. So the, there's kind of like that relationship, whereas assists and... and and turnovers come up, I'm just not as, I don't think that that's as indicative of value as, as some of the other ones. So, and so for me, the best way that I like to go about it, if, if you are thinking about, you know, assist or something, you don't necessarily want to be chasing at all costs. Um, I like to use an assist to turnover ratio as a bit of a, a bit of a tiebreaker. So that boosts, again, players like a Chris Paul. It boosts players like a DeJounte Murray. It boosts players like Atari's Halliburton. These guys that are getting high volume assists, but their turnovers are not at like four a game. You know, someone like uh, a Trey Young is is a, is a good example. Who's yeah, he's elite in in uh, uh, assists, but he's getting four turnovers a game. Compare that to someone like a Chris Paul, who's getting um, more assists and nearly half the amount of turnovers. So in that instance. I'll be competitive enough to beat the teams that are that haven't looked after their assists, but I'll also be competitive enough in my turnovers that those who spent those early rounds really trying to find those high assist guys at any cost, if it was to their field goal percentage or turnovers, that I can beat them in those kind of categories. So that's the way that I like to use it. Um, 
let me know what you think, though, because I think there is a, a decent argument to be had that assists can be a really strong punt, and um, and it's something that I've seen pl- teams have success in in the past. Um, in saying that, though, a lot of the best players in the NBA guards right now, so um, yeah, you, you might as well make the most of that and sort of build a team off that in my opinion. Um, so that'll do it for us today, guys. Nice short and sweet podcast to finish off this uh, punting mini-series. But let us know um, if you have any other further questions about punting or any strategies that you wanted to try. Um, let us know if you uh, disagree with anything. Like, love to have these conversations. Just make sure it's nice and um, and uh, civil in the comments below. But make sure this give this one a big thumbs up. Again, give us a five-star rating on Apple uh, Podcasts and make sure you are subscribed and stay tuned for the next video. Until then, see you then. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.